Welcome to the Sunday morning podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Crawley. This message is by Simon Coles. Hello. I'm not going to explain to you what an executive pastor is because I'm not 100% sure myself. Um, just, just close your eyes a second. The purpose of us all coming together today is so God can impart things to us. It's not about what I say. It's not about whether the worship is, is great and we meet with God, which we do. But it's what he does in us through his spirit and how he wants to change us. See, God has always had a plan for success for your life. It started when he chose you before you were even a thought but then he sent Jesus to die for you. And today is about how he wants to just respond and just show us areas where he wants us to succeed in a fresh way. Maybe he'll look at your definition of success may be different after today. But let's just open up our hearts for what the Holy Spirit has for us. Okay. <clears throat> so... Thank you for having me. I'm not a guest. I am, your, I am a member of Crawley Congregation as well. That's the beauty of having lots of different... It's like home from home. Wherever I go, it's home from home. Yes, I spend a lot more time in Horsham than I do in any other congregation. But that's because my wife makes me. No, it's not why I won't my wife makes me at all. But because we have relationships in that congregation, so that's where we tend to be, because actually... That's just, just, and I live in Horsham, obviously. But Rowan and Gary and I have been meeting over the last couple of weeks because there's been a real strong burden on my heart for Crawley. And God has been really speaking to me. And I'm just going to share a couple of prophetic things that God said to me. One of them was about 10 days ago. I saw this, I was praying for Crawley and today. And I saw this picture. So, if, if any of these things resonate in your heart, where you're at at this moment, don't be, down, don't be downbeat, because the reason God's bringing it to your attention is because he wants to see you set free. It's not about where you are now, it's about where you're going to be in 30, 40 minutes tomorrow, what, what God wants to do in your lives. So don't respond to this as, oh, I've missed it, or, or that could be me. This is about, God wants to see me go forward, because today is about us moving forward together. So this, in this picture, I saw... It was a man in a in in a in a um, jail cell. He was he was he was shackled to a wall. But as I looked closer, the shackles were open, the gate was open. But actually, what the person hadn't, hadn't realised the shackles had gone was living as if they were still chained to a wall. So that was the first thing. And then this morning. When we were worshiping, fantastic job, guys. By the way, it's really, it's really so nice to meet with God in that way. In, in, in every every time I come into any Kingdom Faith Church, there's such an anointing on what God wants to do in the worship. But this morning, God showed me a picture of a house, and this house was starting to sink and subside. And God said to me today that He wants to. You know where you underpin? If a house is sinking, people come along. He's going to underpin people's lives through the Holy Spirit this morning. There's things that may be the foundation you built your life on 
youth actually struggles a little bit today, but miraculously he's going to come and pour concrete foundations. He's going to restore those foundations as if they were. So therefore, don't feel like you're sinking. If you feel like you're sinking today, this is a word for you because God doesn't want us to feel like we're sinking because we con- we're more than conquerors. We're victors. Okay. That was just a little bit of a bit of an intro. It was. It's very difficult to come up and preach when the person who's led the prayer the first five minutes preach half of your message, because that's what Rohan did. He's prophetically said things today. Before I got there, thinking, "Oh, you've covered that. You've covered that. You've covered that. You've covered that." Because that's what's on God's heart. Because you know, God is your number one fan. You sort of. Do you really know God is your number one fan? Because he is. He sent his most prized procession to die for you. So whatever circumstances are going on, that is the facts. They're facts that he did. So we're going to carry on this theme of over the last few weeks in terms of living as a blessed people. So Rohan, a couple of weeks ago, spoke about relationships. Um, and then last week spoke about blessings in your finances. But actually... It's not just about, do, we, do you, the question I have for you today is, do you think you're a blessed person? Now, if you're, if, if, if you're honest, do you think that in some areas, or do you think that in all areas? You don't have to respond, just respond in your heart. Because we are a blessed people, but sometimes circumstances might trick us into thinking we're not and that's what I want to talk about today okay so I'm going to flick through flick for the quite a lot of the of, of bible verses so if you've got your bible we're going to go quick okay um, because I don't know about you whenever I'm in a situation and things don't feel there it's only the holy spirit or, or the revelation through the word that can lift me out of where I'm thinking so if you're in a, ever in a situation where you don't know what to do what you need to do is pray or read your bible because god will reveal something through his holy spirit and it's that response of faith in our hearts that changes circumstances or changes our perception to the circumstances so no 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 apologies um, for flicking through today so in matthew 4 verse 19 Bear me one second. I'm stuck in Amos. And one of the things about getting old is I'm, I'm, I'm short-sighted. So I've got contact lenses in. So I can see brilliantly at the back, but here, I can't see a thing. It's, uh, it's one of the things of getting old, isn't it, sometimes? And the way they, they say that the way to fix it is to wear glasses. So I'm going to wear contact lenses with glasses. Who thinks, who should have, should have gone to Specsavers, shouldn't I? Um, <laughs> So verse 19 says this. Jesus said, come follow me and I will make you fishes of men. At once they left their nets and followed him. So Jesus said four things. Come, follow, make fishes. Now, if you've been around Kingdom Faith for a while, you'd have heard this before. But I just felt it was right to encourage this morning and remind people of this truth. Jesus said four things, come, follow, make, fishes. And Rowan and my role 
is to see you guys and Gary's role and anybody here who's in leadership is to see you reach your full potential. So we have this thing called a discipleship pathway. Sounds very, very unspiritual in the sense of you have a pathway and you follow. But Jesus used this pathway. Come, come to me, follow me, I'll make you fishers. And the way that we translate that in, into a discipleship pathway, which basically means the process that God will take you on in terms of spiritual maturity, is basically what a discipleship pathway is. Seeing you grow, seeing you fruitful, seeing you succeed, seeing you move forward is in these four, in these four areas. So the first one is, is come, which is know God. We, our job is to see other people know God. So we have loads of people come around, they know God. What do we do with them? They, f- they follow, which in our language we talk about as fine freedom. The second stage. What we have to do is help people get, get, get through what God has for them. Find there's things that may have happened in their life that God wants to see them, see, them, see them work out and actually find freedom in their own lives. The third thing that Jesus said was make. Make you fishers of men. So the third thing is make. And we, we define that as discover your purpose. Do you know what your purpose is? Do you know what your purpose is? Your purpose is to help other people come and follow. That is basically the Great Commission. Go and make disciples of all nations. So don't tell me if, if you think, so, oh, I don't have any purpose in my life. Whether God has made it very clear. He wants you to come. He wants you to follow. He wants you to make. And he wants you to make, be fisher. So fisher, be a fisher in our language is about making a difference. You're called to make a difference. We make a difference in a different way. Rohan may make a difference standing up here. You may make a difference having a conversation with your neighbour. You may make a difference taking, mowing your neighbour's grass when they've come out of hospital. Yes, you want to tell them the gospel, but actually sometimes we make a difference by just making a difference. We make a difference by coming here and setting up, welcoming people who are visitors through the door. That makes a difference. Because actually what all we want to do is see people know God and then find freedom and then follow and then make a difference so it's this reoccurring thing so that the irony is that actually my step of step of and your step of making and fishing is other people's step of come and follow but don't don't say that it's not there's not a plan for you in the word of god because jesus the first thing he said to them was these four things come make follow fishes the other way around i've got to follow and make the wrong way okay so today is good news for some of you. Today is good news. My purpose of today is to encourage you what God has for you. But sometimes we can't see what God has for us because we're looking at the other things that are going on in our lives. That's just the reality of it. It's the reality of it. I know in my life, my plans haven't always gone the way that I wanted them to. Because I got born again at a very young age. I was, I wouldn't say I was born up in a, a Christian family, but I certainly wasn't in the beginning of the years. And then my mum and dad got um, born again and it changed our family life. And I thought my life would be very easy. It's funny, isn't it? How we think that giving our lives to Jesus, think we're gonna make, everything's gonna be very easy. Now, I've looked for it in the scripture, and do you know what? I can't find it anywhere. 
I really hope it was in there, but I've looked and I can't find it. So, my plans don't always happen the way that I wanted them to. I always wanted life to be straightforward and easy, but often it isn't. So, if it's turned to Jeremiah, can you turn to Jeremiah 29? And I'm going, to, I'm going to read you to the Word. And the reason I'm reading you these scriptures is because I want to give the Holy Spirit an opportunity to spark something in you. That's why, that's, why, that's why preachers talk to you about the Word, because what we're trying to do is we're inviting God to come and give, giving away all our secrets here. But that's basically the simplicity of it. We're sharing with you what God says, the truth, and giving it to you in a way that you can apply it to your life so you can believe it, respond in your Holy Spirit. It changes you and you respond and do something differently than you did before. So this is why, we, this is why, this is why the God gave us the word to change us. So in Jeremiah 29 verse 11, which I haven't got to yet, it says this. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I'll listen to you. You will seek me and you will find me with you seek me with all your heart. Do you believe God has a plan for you? Is it going the way that you hoped it would? Let's be honest. It's not a, you know, let's be honest. You can't, you, one, of the, one of the ironies of if, if we have, a, I'm a great believer in having a positive outlook on life. Great believer in having a positive outlook on life. But sometimes we have to take stock of where we're at. Because if you think everything is rosy and you're number 10, a 10 in, if you scored yourself 1 to 10 in where you're on your life, well, you're actually a 5 what you actually do is stop yourself the ability for God to come in and do something in your life to move it from five to ten. So sometimes in life we have to just, God, God brings us to a point where we realise actually he, he's got more for me. He's got more for me. So I am blessed. I am thankful. But I know God has got more for me. There's more that, that God wants to do in my life in Crawley, in, in, in Broadfield than we're currently seeing now. So therefore he's going to need a different response from us. And that's not, that's not that what God's doing now is, is not good. It's brilliant, but it could be better. And he wants it to be better. He wants to see an abundance of people coming here. And they're going to come, come, to, come to know him because of you. Who else is it going to come through? It's going to be you. Because he's chosen you, he's anointed you, and he's called you. And, you, and through him, in you, you are capable of taking this land. You are capable of taking this land. So in Galatians 5, it says this. And I'd never seen this before. Galatians 5, verse 1. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. We all know that verse. We even have a, we even have a course called Freedom. I actually really don't like that name. Um, I'm mainly responsible for, for the freedom course. It used to be called Living in Freedom Every Day, which is actually a much better name. Because if you say freedom, what it says is, I'll go and do this course and I'll be free. And it's a one-off thing. 
But living in freedom every day actually tells you how we have to walk our life out because we have to live in freedom every day. So actually, I, we can, we've been given permission to reprint the books. So we're going to change the name back. Um, we're going to dual brand it. So if you haven't done freedom here, the freedom course, please just sign up for it in January. I don't want to, in terms of what God does in your life, not just because there's anything wrong, but he wants to take us from one degree of glory to the next degree of glory and equip you to realise, despite these things that have happened, you can still live in freedom. You can still move forward. You can still fulfil the plans that God has for you. So in Galatians 5, so we let that first verse there, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, and this is the interesting thing, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. So the word let in there means that we have a choice. So therefore, we can, we can deduce from this that we have a choice. We can let ourselves be burdened again by slavery, slavery and go back to where we were. Or we don't. But it doesn't say, and, but there's a word, don't let yourselves. So I can only speak for myself. But sometimes I can live in a way that, is not, that does not fulfill the purposes of God in my life. You know, before I was a Christian and before I stepped into, before what God had done for me, what Jesus did for me on the cross, there was that kind of lifestyle that I had. Now, I was seven, so, so I don't really did a lot of things, but I was a bit of a pain in the neck as a child, and it's actually carried, carried on to me in an adulthood. But, but the reality is, is I can go back and live as if that wasn't the truth in my life. And I'm actually choosing to go back and not entering in for the things of God. So I could pray, Lord, these things are happening. I feel like I'm trapped. And his word says, do not let yourself be slavery. So there must be a way where we can stop it from happening. So in John 10, 10, it says, the thief comes to rob, steal. But I came so you could have life to the full. This will not be the greatest revelation you've ever had this morning. But do you know the devil is trying everything, everything to get you to go back? He wants me to go back and live in the, without the truth, the cross of what Jesus did for me. That's his plan. He can't rob your salvation, but he can release lies, untruths, feeling sorry for yourself, focus on yourself, because I don't know about you, when I'm in a scenario and I look to myself, it just gets worse. Because I know of my own inadequacies. But when I look to God and focus my and the Bible says, fix your eyes on him. So we have a choice today, you have a choice today, to believe what God says about you, or believe how you feel. In Romans 8 it says, if God is for us, who can be against us? talks about, I'm actually going to read it, Romans 8. But it's quite a big bit of scripture I just want to read. If I can find it. 
It's bad when you can't see the actual numbers, isn't it? What shall we say then in response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give all things? Who will bring any charge against you? It is God who justifies. Who is he that condemns? Christ Jesus who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for you. That is actually an amazing piece of scripture. I think sometimes we, we look at what we did, and I don't know, maybe on the way in the car here, you had, a, you, had a, you had a row with your wife, you had a row with your husband, they didn't put the milk away, the kids spilt cocoa pops all over the floor, or whatever it was, or you're just annoyed because they made you have lamb this week and you wanted roast beef because you had lamb last week. All the things that we live in. And then you come into church and we have to worship, and sometimes I think, who am I to stand in front of God, knowing all these things. But it's not me who's standing in front of God. It's Jesus that he sees. It's Jesus that he sees. I just want to give you a couple of things in terms of sometimes that we can get ourselves confused around. The word in there in Romans talks about justification. And justification... <laughs> often when you say something you, you often get thrown about you're justifying your actions we don't have to justify ourselves do you know why? because Jesus justified us justification is what Jesus did to put you in that place he died on the cross Okay, and if you're not a Christian here this is the truth that, 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 that transforms our lives when we realise this bit it's actually the most simplest part of the gospel it seems so simple that it's unbelievable because we don't have to do anything except, apart from except what he did so we are justified to stand before God because of what Jesus did on the cross it was his perfect sacrifice dying for us that enabled us to stand before God that is justification it happens like that then there's a process that we go through. And this is probably where we, we struggle, where the Bible talks about it. It uses this word called sanctification. And what it basically is, is this walking out in our lives what God has for us. So we start off as a new Christian, not really knowing it, and God changes us into being more like Jesus. So our lives change because we respond to what he does. He deals with issues in our life. He maybe sets us free in certain things. He heals us when we need to be healed. And we, we change over a period of time. But you know what? Nothing that you do in that walk of sanctification can alter the justification that Jesus did. Nothing you can do can separate you from the love of God. Now, that doesn't mean you can just do anything you want. But actually... For some of you guys, and I believe this is what God was saying about the, the, the picture of people in the chain, where the chains had fallen off. You're, 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 you're justified. But you're living as if your sanctification has an effect on your justification. And that means it's about you. It's not about you, it's about what Jesus did. It's not about us. It's about us bringing the life of Jesus. It's got very little to do with what we do. Yes, God decides to work through us or partner with us or whatever phrase you, you have. But my, my inability to outwork a good 
process of sanctification does not change God's justification thing of what he did on the cross. And some of you may be believing a, believing a lie that the devil says to you, because you had a row about the cocoa pops or whatever it was this morning. Funnily enough, me and my wife didn't have a row in the car this morning because you didn't come with me. But um, we, um, we, that, that was quite a positive thing because it's funny, however you're in a scenario where God wants to do something in your life, these little things come in and it throws you off. It throws you off your heart. It gives you, you, you lose your peace and actually you lose your confidence before God. But actually we come in full assurance of what God says to us when we come to the throne. One of the questions I've always asked myself is, is, why is it when I pray for something to happen, the exact opposite happens? Have you ever asked yourself that question? So sometimes things happen in life because that's just life. And, and my response to it is really, really, really key. So I might pray, I pray this a lot actually, uh, that I would be patient with people. And do you know what? He sends the most challenging people to be with me because that's how I'm going to learn and grow patience. How do you think God is going to sanctify us? See, the justification, right, that Jesus did was an instant thing. The sanctification is about what we do and work out what God has and experience over life. What we then do as well, we confuse. We want the instantaneous bit to be in sanctification. It's not. It's about us making good choices, believing his word, stepping forward in believing what he said, and moving forward. And what we really want is, God, make me perfect. Please come, make me perfect. And we spin those two things. So we confuse what, is, what Jesus did for us, which was an instantaneous thing, and we try and work for it. And we, conf- and we give up on the sanctification bit because it's okay. God will just miraculously come and sort it out. I'll be fine. And he says, no. Live a life worthy of the gospel. The devil has a plan. I know we don't talk about the devil much. But the devil has a plan to lie to you. To rob from you. To steal from you. So whenever... You know, when Jesus started his ministry, what happened? He had the word of the Lord to go out, and he spent 40 days in the, the wilderness with the devil, attacking him, undermining him, trying to get him to do stuff. So sometimes when God speaks to you, what do you think happens? Because the devil wants to push you back. This is the reality of it. He wants to push you back, and I'm going to show you in Scripture where, where that is. But God told me to say to you guys today, Today is no back off Sunday. There's certain things in your lives that you're thinking, are you saying this, God? Am I not, are you not saying this, God? But actually, yes, I know it's, but how is it going to happen? Don't back off. Don't back off. Can you remember on the Sunday a few um, months ago when Clive did a video and he was talking about pushing through? There was the, there was the, the video of setting out for what we're gonna, God wants to do in the, in the autumn. And he was talking about you push into something, you push into something. But just at that point where it's the breakthrough and when wood is going to break, it's actually this most pushed back amount and then it snaps. Keep pushing through. 
So God doesn't want you to back off. So some of you might be sitting there thinking, oh, I'll back off or, or things have got difficult and actually I'm going to back off. I would ask you to pray about that and just really see what the Holy Spirit is saying to you. If he wants you to do something new, he's going to need to get you to grow into something that you're going to go forward. If we're expecting God to give us you know, a ministry or whatever, and we didn't have one before, there's a process that we have to go into around maturity that we go through. So it, you will have challenges because it's in the challenges you grow. So don't think the wheels have fallen off the bus. It's supposed to be that way. Things that, can, that we can allow to hold us back. Relationship challenges and forgiveness. Rowan covered that a couple of weeks ago. He also covered it a bit this morning. Lack challenges. Maybe you struggled with last week when it was talking about finances because you don't feel blessed. Maybe. But the Bible talks about being content in all that we have and actually the issue is not about whether we have a lot or a little the issue is is has it got a heart so you you can find the most wealthiest people i mean i i I come from a corporate banking background these people were earning ridiculous amounts of money but they had no contentment they weren't happy because the issue what god wants for us is around us being content in all circumstances so if you haven't got much and you're content, you're more blessed than someone who's got a lot who isn't content. Sickness challenges. These are realities of you. Some of you may be struggling with sickness. God has a plan to set you free. We're going to pray for, we're going to pray for people at the end. Because God wants to set you free. And often the sickness in your life is something that's going on there. And you're praying and praying and praying. And maybe you're trying to get get works for it, but your sickness was given to you when you were justified on the cross. It was about what Jesus did for you, and we just need to believe in what he did. Maybe you're worn down and disappointed because things you've tried many times before, and it hasn't happened before, and maybe you think, why would it happen now? Maybe you think you have drifted away from God, and there's sin in your life, And that's going to separate you from God. Nothing separates you from God. That the issue here is not the sin. The issue is your whether you believe Jesus forgave you or not. Pastor Colin tells this very funny story about this lady who came up to him and said, "For twenty years, I've been I've been really struggling with this because I committed adultery, and I prayed about it, and I'm just living in with it. But for twenty years, God hasn't done anything." Pastor Colin says, because for the first time you prayed, God doesn't know what you're talking about because he forgave you at that point in time. You just need to believe that I wash you and cleanse you and, we, and you have that position in front of me because it's what Jesus did. So maybe you've, got, you've done things in your life that you think separate you or you can't be a leader because of this or you can't move forward in, because of this. Well, that's a lie because God, Jesus' blood is, justifies you. The last six or seven months as a, as a team member have been incredibly difficult. Incredibly difficult. Because everything that I had in my mind that I was taught through various banks and financial organisation and what I put my faith in was my ability to get things to balance and spreadsheets and what I could do. And do you know what? There's, there's some real important things in that. 
in terms of how you do things. But actually, what God wanted to teach me was, is he's in charge and I trust him. So it didn't matter what I did. The, the, the thing that came down to is, am I going to trust him? So maybe you've got scenarios going on in your life. And you think, I want you to change this scenario. And God's going, if you trust me in it, I'll change the scenario. I'm waiting. Because it's not about whether the, the, it's about the money or whatever it is or whatever the circumstances or the challenging relationship. Just give it to me, trust me, and I'll change it. But actually, we want the circumstances to change. And then God proves he trusts him. But I don't know about you, God has never let me down. He's never let me down. What defines success in your life? What defines success? Because the world paints a very strange picture of success. It's not dreamy and everything's easy and we walk along into the sunset. That isn't success. Success in my Bible is about obedience to God of what he says. In the good times and the bad times. So turn with me to Genesis 38. I hope you're getting something out of this. I hope you're getting to me because I, God, is, God wants a people in Crawley that's going to take the land and see people's lives change. But only, you can only give to people what you've got yourself. I can't lead you anywhere. Rohan can't lead you. Rohan and Anna are the most honourable, lovely people, gifted, anointed people you could have lead you. Okay? And I don't get to say that very often, but you are blessed to have Rowan and Anna as your leaders and a great leadership team. So get behind them, support them. How often do you go to them with, with do you want something from them? Please help me, Pastor. Well, sometimes they need a bit of encouragement and stuff. So pray, pray for your pastor. Pray for your leaders. Because it's, it's a challenge, but they want your best. And sometimes the best for you is telling you not what you want to hear. Now, that is a particularly good, good anointing on my life. It is. Do you know why? Because God made it very clear that my job wasn't to be, make everybody have a nice thing. It was to help people strive forward for the best that they can be. So if you think I'm being a little bit direct this morning, good. Because God's got something more for you. And maybe your mind change needs to change in terms of how it is. So in, in Genesis 38, and we know this story... Very, very well. Even Andrew Lloyd Webber wrote a musical about it. So Joseph has a dream. And he dreams his whole family are going to bow down to him. So he tells them. Probably not the wisest way of doing it. So God has spoken. He's heard the word of the Lord. And he has a dream. And everyone's going to be, where is he three weeks later? He's in a pit and he's sold into slavery. So how did his circumstances, how did his circumstances reflect what God had said? They didn't. His circumstances didn't reflect what he said. He's then sold into slavery. He then goes, moves forward, and he ends up in Potiphar's house. And I don't know about you, he had a high position in Potiphar's house. Maybe he thought, flipping heck, this is the promise. I've got all these people now underneath me and doing that. And the Potiphar's wife tried to trick him and then lied about him. And he was thrown back into jail again. Don't know about you, but I might have given up at that point. I might have said, oh, do you know what? I think I've heard you wrong, God. I think you got it wrong. But actually, I'm in this jail. No one loves me. No one visits me. 
and, and no one does anything. And my circumstances don't reflect what you've said about my life. So he's in prison and he interprets a dream for the king. So he goes and him. And then, so those, those many years in this period of time, he was in the prison for a while with the baker. I want to say the baker and the candlestick maker, but it's not, was it? It's the butcher and the baker, whoever. And he was in there and he was, he was saying, oh, tell them, tell, tell the, if there's a chance, tell me, because I'm here, because he's trying to help God. Remember where I am? So he had faith. He knew something was coming. That's what I saw. He knew something was coming in his life. Goes to the king, interprets the dream, and he's the second in charge. And his family come and bow before him. But his circumstances never led up to what God said, lined up to, he said, until the last moment. But he never gave up. He never gave up. So why do we think it would be any different for us? God often speaks. And you look and you think, I am never going to be able to do that. But actually, it's him who's going to do it through us. So all our responsibility is to, to believe and take the next step. And often, circumstances don't change until you take the step. And even after the step, you may, they may not change. But it's your, our response and how we see them does. Because we understand what God is doing in that. So in 2 Corinthians 4... It says this. It says it in the New Living Translation because I preferred this translation. For our present troubles are small and won't last very long. Then listen to this. This word is very important. Yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So it's the troubles that produce the glory. Do you see your troubles that way? Do you? Because I don't always. You know, I'm preaching to myself in this one, in all of this, actually. I mean, to be honest with you, sometimes the only way I get through some days is just by God, oh God, I don't know how it's going to go, I don't know how it's going to work, but you are in control. And do you know what? Something changes in my heart every time. It's if the Holy Spirit comes away and goes, yep, I was waiting for you to get rid of all that junk. We're back, you're believing who I am. It's not about you again. So get back on the track and we're fine. But it's the troubles that produce us a glory. So that we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that we cannot be seen. Challenging, isn't it? James, James 1, it says, let, us persever- let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete and not lacking anything. God wants you to prove who he is in your life by overcoming the troubles or not allowing the circumstances to pull us back and back off. So when he said something in your life, if that's what he said, we just move forward. Very easy, very easy to say it, tricky sometimes to step forward in it. But when you read the word and you you get before God and he gives you that Response, because faith comes from hearing the word. When God, when, when God said something to you and you know it, you know it, you know it, it doesn't matter what anybody else says, you know it. You know it. However, sometimes circumstances come along and think, did he say that? Because what was the first thing that the, that, um, the snake said to uh, Eve? 
did God really say don't eat the fruit? It's a lie. It's a lie. Because the devil doesn't want you to move forward. The devil doesn't want you to take the first step, the second step, the third step, because he's going to build on that. But actually, we need to stand up as a people and think, do you know what? We're going to fix our eyes on what he said. We're going to fix our eyes on what he wants us to do. And we're not going to back off. So I'm going to call the band forward. Guys, you play that song you were playing earlier, because that song, Worthy Is Your Name. Jesus' name is worthy because of what he did. We can't add anything. There's a reason why Jesus said, it is finished. He didn't say, I'm going to die now. He said, it is finished. But we need to live our lives as if it's finished and stop adding to what he wants to do, but to believe in what he has. So I'd like you all to stand if you can. Now, I don't want to embarrass anybody. And you can respond in your chair, okay? You can respond in your chair today because I'm just going to take you through some things I believe is on the Holy Spirit's heart. But if you want someone to come and pray with you, maybe there's, there's some things I'm going to run through, but, but if you want somebody to come and respond with you, because sometimes when you're together in that scenario, and you're to, God, God works often in pairs and as a people. We're called to be a body because a body helps other parts of the body. And that is one of the great things of doing, doing freedom, actually. Having that time where you come forward seven times and someone agrees with you, speaks life over you. Maybe you've always thought things are going to go bad for you. And today you're struggling with this. Did God, God, does God love me? I'll tell you the truth. If you were the only person on earth, God would have still sent Jesus for you. He didn't send Jesus for Rowan and Gary and you just happened to get on there because you could enter it in because that was it. He sent it for you. Do you believe that in your life? Because if you don't, God wants to reveal who is his. Because it's his love that compels us. It's not our, oh, I've got a real thing. It's his love that compels us. So just close your eyes. And I'm going to go through about four or five things that may be God wants to just reveal and if you want to come forward and have one of the leadership team pray with you they'll pray with you if you don't don't feel any compunction but if you want to see something broke sometimes when we take a physical act of moving out of our chair it's the first response for what God wants to do and if you're worried about what people think about you don't because we want to see your success And sometimes the greatest success in my life always comes from me putting aside what I think and believing what God says. So it probably won't be any different from you. So maybe you've been one of those people who've given up when it was hard. Maybe you've realised today, I've given up when it was hard. That's okay. God forgives you for that. His blood, and and he, he loves you enough to put this on my heart to share it with you. Because stop beating yourself up about it. Today is the day the Lord has made. When the prodigal son returned home, where was the father? He was looking. He was standing at the gate looking. How did he respond? He didn't respond of, okay, well, let's see how it goes for three weeks. And if you do it, no, he grabbed him, he embraced him, he put a cloak on him, put a ring on his finger. That's about authority and ownership. Jesus feels the same way about you today. Don't run away from the prodigal, from your father. 
run to him. He's waiting. He wants to respond and restore the things that you've allowed. And yeah, we allow things to happen in our lives. But God has a way to fix it. And it's repentance. And it's what he did on the cross. You will never be able to restore that with yourself, with God. Only he can restore that through what he did on the cross. Maybe you've done things that you think have separated you from God. He's forgiven you. If you've repented, he's forgiven you. If you're sitting there thinking, I wish I hadn't done that because God, I can't do this because God hasn't forgiven me. The issue isn't about the sin. The issue is about your lack of faith and believing what God has done for you. We have to believe the word of what he said. So if there's stuff going on in your life or sin, that God wants to restore you. He's waiting. His arms are open wide. Doesn't make the sin right. But the blood of Jesus justifies who we are. Maybe today you've realised you don't have a positive outlook on life. Maybe life has been hard for you. And actually, you're sitting there thinking, that's okay for you to say that. But actually, I've had this, this and this. The truth is you're blessed. The truth is Jesus died for you. The truth is he has a plan and a purpose to see you move forward. Let's not allow the things that have happened in the past or the things that people have done to us stop us moving forward in everything that he has for us. Don't allow, that would be, that would be as if it was happening all over again. Jesus died to set you free. Maybe you have sickness in your life. God wants to heal you. God, God, is a, God is a healer. He always wants to heal. It doesn't mean that, that the sickness hasn't, you know, it's difficult to deal with. Yes, circumstances are difficult, difficult, but God wants to heal you. Maybe you don't even know Jesus today and you think, well, what on earth is that bloke going on about? But if you, there's something in your heart that's just, I don't know what he's talking about, but actually there's something in that life that I want. Come and talk to any of us and we'll, and we'll, and we'll help talk to you more about Jesus. I can't convince you that he's real, but I can introduce him to him and he can convince you that he's real because it's his response. I can't explain it. can't give you all the rational, rational reasons because I don't know some of how some of it works but I know God is real I know God died for me and I know God loves you and he wants to wants to set you free too so if the band will just play just just where you are just sing worthy is his name worthy is his name the irony is in all of this that the more God asks us to do the more we need to fix our eyes on him and the less we need to look on ourselves. Because if we always look to ourselves, we're always going to get nowhere. Jo, you know, Joseph in that thing, he looked to, to what God had and God brought him through all the promises on his life. And maybe things haven't gone the way that you wanted them to. And maybe they won't in the future. But it won't affect whether we will move forward. We have to move forward in what God has for us. So guys, if you, if you want to come forward and someone to pray with you, we'll pray with you. But let's just, let's just respond now. 
Just respond where you are. So just stand and just say to, just say to Jesus, what, what is it that you want to release in my life? What is it that you want to release? And if you want someone to pray for you, just come forward. Don't be shy. Some guys will grab you, grab you and we'll pray with you. Yes. The Holy Spirit wants to see you move forward in the things that he has for you. He has a plan to prosper you. Plan to see you set free. So just, just, just worship him. If there's nothing going on in, in your life, particularly the word, just, just reaffirm your commitment to him that whatever happens, you know that you're loved, that you're not going to live by, you're not going to judge how much you're loved by your circumstances. You're going to judge how much you're loved by what he did for you and how he restored you. If you're meeting with God, just carry on. But I just feel strongly on my heart that God is saying to a few people here, stop walking around, wandering about. Just make a decision today that irrespective of whatever the challenge is, you're going to set your heart to fulfill the plan he has for your life. That you're not going to judge your success based upon today's circumstances because he wants to break this this reoccurring thing of coming forward to the to the edge and then you back off that he wants you to take step fully into everything that he has for you so if that's you come forward and if it's not you just thank god that he, you, you live every day as a blessed person so that you're going to see other people in Broadfield and Crawley blessed and even your family blessed even the ones who wind you up that you're called to be a blessing in their life to prove the reality of what who Jesus is that in, tr- in tricky times that you're going to stand on the rock of who he is not on how you think it's going to be. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.